Hey, Goo. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Hey, Mrs. Goo. Hey. How are you? I'm great. Good. Who put you in charge? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I have to be in charge now. Now it's two against one. First of all, it's Mr. Batty. Oh, that's a goo. good point. And then that's second off, very good point. it's goo against one. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's and actually, also, Batty's point is uh, the most true because you are the actual plus one. Mac, I am starting to understand how you do not like this new seating arrangement because yeah, half of your face is cut off. peeking around the... <laughs> we're like this. Gigantic we're cranking our necks here. around. Like we're, and huh? also, the two against one might be a little different than what you think. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. It's really us two against you. Yeah. Because today we're going to be talking about an all-time great rom-com yep. for Valentine's but Day. But before we do that, you had a question for Mrs. Goo. So we spoke in our last episode. Actually, we had a nice little conversation about the Fire Festival documentaries. And we alluded to the fact that Goo was a plus one to a social media influencer. At Batty Day, B-A-D-D-I-E-D-A-E on Instagram. So I guess we were just kind of wondering, of course, Goo probably knows better than I do, but I think some of the listeners would like to hear from your perspective how you felt. Do you think any onus is on those influencers, like all those Instagram models? Do you think that they should be getting the flack that they're getting right now? Yeah. Because they kind of... They promoted it. Yeah, when so you they're promote it, part of it. Why are you going against it? me? Why is everyone against me? <laughs> what, did you say no? Well, I was trying to defend you, but... Oh, thanks. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where it's kind of an unspoken thing that if you're advertising for someone you endorse them and so you hypothetically standing by that product exactly or event whatever it may yeah. be so when it goes as poor as that did i think you kind of have to uh i don't know kind of bite the bullet there take one for the team like, i can't even like, see right, you like now. all right i fucked up you're you gonna know? take one for the team like that guy <laughs> but i think what hurt the models is none of the models were like and i went there to suck his dick oh <laughs> it's the best part it is the best part of the whole documentary <laughs> Um, the problem is none of the models just outright said like, oh yeah, I fucked up. They're all like, well, well, they were like super. They all got paid a lot of money. We all yeah. like money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Money. <laughs> money, please. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, yeah. Mac and goo. Just three. Mac and of Queens, Mac and Goo, Meryl Street, Mac Goo, Entertainment. I'm Goo. I'm Mac. And we are the Mac and Goo program. Generally, we bring you friendship. And, and today, today, we bring you love. Love. Because, of course, today next to on the Mort Memorial couch yeah. Mort's is dead. my wife. Mm. Do you look at Mort as if he is meek? And Mac is Korg. <laughs> Absolutely. And Every time he comes to your events, I'm like, oh, there's Meek. <laughs> Just kidding, Mort. Uh, Mort hasn't listened to an episode in a while. I'm fine with that. Mort doesn't uh, watch movies, like, ever. Mort's only seen Happy Gilmore. He's seen Happy Gilmore. He's seen Rounders. He's seen, like, all Adam Sandler movies and then Rounders, basically. That's, That's a bad it. list. Yeah. Mac, so what are we talking about today? Uh, today what is the topic du jour? Today we're the talking... The topic du jour? He's still in the Little Italy kick, obviously. <laughs> you saw Little Italy? What do you think? 
man. It was horrible. Thank you. Do you get upset with him when he makes you watch bad movies? She like made that? me well, watch yeah, it first. I made Ooh. him watch it, and then it was so bad. All the I'm turntables. Like, yep. I'm like, let's turn it off. And he's like, okay. And then <laughs> a, a week later, or two yeah, later, I'm like, he's like, finish it. can we finish it? And I'm like, why? Because, okay, so. You have this innate sickness no, in you she, that you love yes. watching burning garbage. Exactly. You no, just enjoy it so much. started watching it because she thought it looked good based off the movie poster. She said, this is something <laughs> that is going to appeal to me. Because it's Italian and Brian's Italian. And I love <laughs> Italian. She wanted true. to learn more about Italian culture. <laughs> so let's go to Toronto, Canada <laughs> with Emma Roberts and Hayden Christensen. Oh, man. That six-minute movie is up right now. Go and listen what to it. What a journey that was. It was. And so when she wants to start a movie that she thinks is good. Yep. And then it turns out to be terrible. I then need to finish it. <laughs> Every single time. I don't time. know. I guess like if you got nothing going on, that's fine. Oh, I have way too much you going on. You don't on. get mad when it's really bad? No, I enjoy the shit Because I'm out like, of it. how the fuck did... It's almost like I say, how did this get made? And of yes. course, that podcast exists. But like, I don't actually want to know. I'm just mad. Like, I think, but how did this thing, get made? Here's the thing about the podcast. They never talk about how it was actually that's made. Yeah, they yeah, just they... talk about how <laughs> shitty the movie is. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a good point. Strong point. Also, speaking of podcasts that came out, and I'm not going to say anything bad about it. Okay. But the Ron Burgundy podcast came out. Yeah. I'm it silent. It was bad. No. How, how, don't you dare say how that. How many minutes did you <laughs> I listen? I didn't even listen. I've listened to 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. How is that one episode or how? what's the situation? The episode's 48 minutes. And you didn't get through the episode. Maybe I'm just not done with it yet. <laughs> so not great, huh? Unless not the great. latter half picks up. Explain to the people what he the just, idea is. Uh, he picks up different podcasting themes. Like the first one is trying to figure out a serial like murder. Okay. But all he does is just read crime reports. <laughs> all right. But not in a funny way. All right. Yeah. Oh, and well, he talks back and forth with his producer, tries to figure out what a podcast is. Yeah. That's not great. And doesn't quite have that big not Ron great. Burgundy voice or personality. You know... I actually stumbled upon the uh, Rotten Tomato score of Anchorman 2 the other day because... Is it at 74? Yeah, dude. It's super high. Did it's I just like, guess the exact score? It's like 74 audience and the critic, so or, or critics and the audience is like in the 60s. 69? I'm wondering how a majority of people liked that movie. You like the character and you like... I love the character, but I fucking hate that movie. And you like the surrounding characters with him on the news team. Maybe not yeah, Steve Carell in this movie, because Steve Carell was terrible in that movie. I actually just had a friend the other day watch it for the first time, and this is why I stumbled upon it. But the they hadn't the seen the first one, and they're like, this <laughs> one's really good. No, they said it was pretty bad, but the only comical moments were the Steve Carell and Kristen Wiig moments. I would say that Paul I Rudd was the only funny person in the movie. Rudd's funny. I think the Rudd and Kristen Wiig moments are very funny, but they're super forced, too. Yeah, they that don't would make agree. any sense. And um, speaking of Carell, there you go. Nice how about segue. That seg? <laughs> how about that seg, Mac? This is your speaking favorite of movie love of all time. Love and Carell. Today we're talking about crazy, stupid love. This is our Valentine's Day episode. Yep. Wait, I thought 2K9. we were talking about Crazy Rich Asians. That's why I'm here. <laughs> all right, so Crazy Stupid Love came out July 29th, 2011. Little fun fact about that: I saw it in theaters. Did you? I did as well. It came out roughly three you months. Did? I did. Came out roughly three months after Steve Carell's final episode on The uh-huh. Office. So, you know, that was the thing is that I loved Steve Carell. I still do. Yeah, I was going to say loved. I love Steve Carell. So when this was in theaters and the cast looked really good, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, got to see this. Right. Yeah. Seems <laughs> like you're kind of teasing a thought there. Yeah. Yep. Crazy Stupid Love is a rated PG-13 comedy, drama, romance, a.k.a. a rom-com. I believe it finished second in our 2011 poll. I would have no idea. I think it finished behind First Class. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Uh, it's got a runtime of uh, 118 minutes, so it's an hour 58. The Rotten Tomato scores are an exact 78-78. The Metacritic is a 68. It's directed by Glenn Ficarra and John Requa, the rare double uh, directors. You don't see that too often. This is the team that actually wrote Bad Santa, believe it or not. And it was written by Dan Fogelman, who did Cars, Bolt, and Tangled. And he also wrote and created, I think, This Is Us. Ooh. So you get a little I bit of that. Love a Bolt. little bit of that. Bolt theme. is so good. Bolt's pretty good. I've never seen Bolt. I was lying to you. <laughs> it's, it's good. I don't love it, but it's good. Uh, synopsis A middle aged husband's life changes dramatically when his wife asks him for a divorce. He seeks to rediscover his manhood with the help of a newfound friend, Jacob, learning to pick up girls at bars. It really should just say bar. Bar. <laughs> Literally, right. is bar. that one bar. <laughs> It stars Steve Carell as Cal Weaver, Ryan Gosling as Jacob Palmer, Julianne Moore as Emily Weaver, Emma Stone as Hannah Which, Weaver. Which, let me say this. It's Nana. It, so first <laughs> off, okay. that's a fucking twist. Second off, I have never seen two actresses that are perfect for being mother-daughter, much yeah. like these two. Uh, it works pretty well. Yeah, I think it's, it's true. almost perfect. Think of a better tandem. Uh, Goldie Hawn and Kate Hudson, who her is, actual daughter. Who, yeah, Goldie Hawn and Kate uh, Hudson. <laughs> Hudson. Kate Hudson. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Emma Stone as Hannah, Annalie Tipton, her of the long neck, as Jessica Riley, Jonah Bobo as Robbie, Joey King as Molly. Those are the two little kids. Let me just start off with this. Yeah. Robbie, what's the actor's name? Jonah Bobo. Can go fuck himself. Uh, he's an angsty little teenage kid. It makes sense. Yeah. He's annoying, but yeah. He's not annoying. And then we get And to- we're eventually going to do this. Mm-hmm. Worst characters in cinema history. Okay. This kid's up there. Oh, you're a moron. There's he, so many worst characters. He hates him so Sucks. much. He's not great, but there's no. so many worst characters. His He's character- also just playing like a 13-year-old boy who just sprouted a boner. No. Okay. So I hate in movies when they have children talking like adults. And this kid is that... To the Dude, he's the salutatorian. Second smartest kid in his class. That gives us the fucking worst ending, the worst <laughs> all right, get, speech of it. all time. Save it. We also get three really funny cameos. Marissa Tomei as Kate Tafferty, Robbie's teacher. Kevin Bacon as David Lindhagen. Yep. And Josh Groban as Hannah's boyfriend. We saw Josh Groban in New York. We did. He's uh, at an Italian show? restaurant. We were eating oh, he wasn't dinner. singing? You just no. ate at his restaurant? No. He was there? He was just there, just eating pasta. Did he, like, shake your hand and thank you for coming? No, we all just stared at him. He's you saying, know. you raise me up. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone that came in, he just yep. kept, kept saying. <laughs> also, in this movie, they treat Josh Groban like he's some kind of piece of shit. Or he like, is. Or like he's ugly or something. He kind of is. He's kind of weird looking. But he's like, weird looking and he is a piece of shit. Leave him alone. <laughs> so you like Josh Groban more than Robbie. Dude, Robbie is the worst. They're both terrible. Robbie is right. he is a let me get, star. Let me get through this character intro. Let me get movie. through this. He's not a star. Let me get through the intro. Drew Carey's brother is also in it for the I, Drew Carey I show love as Bernie. Yeah. And so to open this movie, I forgot that back in the DVD days cuz I own this on DVD. I don't own it on Blu-ray cuz I've owned it for so long. Mm-hmm. But 2011 was like right where the split came, like when Blu-ray started getting super popular. I don't even know if I owned any Blu-rays back then. But in the DVD there was I like Spider-Man 10 minutes. 3. That was my only Blu-ray at the time. <laughs> there was like 10 minutes of ads and trailers. I was kind of upset about it. I was like, let me play this out. 10 minutes of ads. And most of them for Blu-rays. For Shrek. How do you lampoon yourself there, DVD, and advertise for Blu-ray? Like, what are you doing there? I had that same issue when watching The Avengers. Mm. And that's on Blu-ray. And they were like, hey, really? check out these previews. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> huh? This movie made $143 million off the $50 million budget. So that's a pretty good success there. Mm-hmm. But when you want to talk about best rom-coms of all time... Shut up. What was your first Blu-ray DVD? I have no idea. Do you know what your it first... Actually, it might have been Inception. Inception. Inception might have been number one. Do you one. know what your first DVD was? 
My first DVD, that is a good question. Because my first Blu-ray was Spider-Man 3 because it came with my PS3. Oh. And that's when I started buying Blu-rays. I think my first that. Blu-ray was Inception, now that I think about it. I can't remember what my first DVD was, though. My first my DVD... My first DVD actually might have been the best of Will Ferrell on I was SNL. Saying, my first family DVD yep. was Spice World. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Funny thing about Should that... Should I wear the little Gucci dress or the little Gucci dress? <laughs> do you want to talk about Spice World instead? <laughs> I would do a whole podcast on the Spice Girls in general. We are doing that very soon. <laughs> you don't know how excited I am. You know who we're getting for that one. Number one Spice Girl fan in the world. Your brother. Yes. I yep. knew it. Yes. <laughs> I fucking knew it. There is a hidden tape somewhere where he had us do a choreographed dance to Tell Me What You Want, What You Really, Really Want. And I was like, if I could find this, his dancing would go viral. Please find it. I need to Please find it. Please find it. Because I for those who don't know, yesterday. he was a bit of a heavy child. Yeah, and, he wasn't small. And this is something Did else. he do it at like a talent competition? Nope, just recorded just on. Just in the house? Yeah. That's so much better. I would say, actually, every home video of my family from yeah. 1996 until 1998. <laughs> it's Brennan just doing Spice Girl dances in the back. There is Spice Girl's music <laughs> playing in the background. <laughs> It was just oh, on a loop really in my house. Funny. That's really funny. It was funny. insane. All right. What are we talking about? Uh, so I wanted to get to the point here. I might say it. I'm not going to say it yet. There's a big market tease for this week's six pack. Mm -hmm. Six best rom-coms of all time. I'm going to release that this week. Now, when you're looking at a rom-com, are you looking more at the rom so or the con? Let's get to that point. <laughs> so some of the best rom-coms of all time. I'm going to run through a list here. There's like 20 on the list. So bear with me. There's like a distinct window when these became popular. Like yeah. late 80s into the late 2000s is like a 20-year window where there's a You've million rom-coms. Yep. When Harry Met Sally, Say Anything, Pretty Women, Sleepless in Seattle, My Best Friend's Wedding, You've Got Mail, The Wedding Singer, There's Something About Mary, 10 Things I Hate About You, Never Been Kissed, Sweet Home Alabama, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Love Actually, 13 Going on 30, 50 First Dates, Knocked Up, 27 Dresses, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Definitely Maybe, 500 Days of Summer, The Proposal, Silver Linings Playbook, and The Big Sick. Now, my assumption is that you lean heavier on the ROM than the COM. No, I like a nice balance. Nice balance. My issue is the ones that get too dramatic. And so early on, like the late 80s and the early 90s ones are too dramatic. The late 90s, early 2000s are like too comedic. And then you get like to the Apatow era where there's too many lulls, like the pacing's off. And so That's it's because it's he like, needs his movies to be seven hours long. Well, he goes like all comedy and all romantic stuff, and then he like works in the drama late, and it's mm -hmm. just usually uneven. Now, you don't have Deadpool on there, man. I, I do not why? have Deadpool on there. Deadpool it, is a great rom-com. It's just a comedy to me. That's all it is. It is it's a, a rom-com. It's a com with sex. That's all it is. It's like a fun It's porno. a sex com. It's a nice porno. <laughs> um, so I would say, like, of all those movies listed, I probably named your favorite rom-com in there somewhere. To me... Did he miss anybody? Were you even paying attention to him? <laughs> I was. You are looking at his list right now. You are staring at his computer. Long list. But my point being is, <laughs> is any of those clearly better than this movie? I don't think there's one that's head and shoulders above the rest. So now you read it way too fast for me to That's even... fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> so I have nothing to argue with okay, you. Okay, fair enough. Well, I didn't want to sit there and spend a minute on 20 movies. I wanted you to like read it, pause. Read it, pause. Do you want me to run no, back over no, it? No, please don't. <laughs> it's a long list. Yes. My reason for this movie being possibly my favorite is I think that Steve Carell is the absolute perfect, like, lovable sap. He At points. He honed that role as Michael Scott, and this is basically an extension of Michael Scott. Think of it as... An alternate universe is Michael Scott. If this was Michael Scott, he would have a backwards Kangol hat on <laughs> at that point. No, he never got to that point. 
Think of Michael Scott in an alternate universe when he got his first girlfriend pregnant. And this is that kind of character. I think Julianne Moore is perfect. I do like Julianne Moore. As like yeah. the angsty, jaded, just tired wife. You know, she yeah. plays that character really well. Where she She's wants annoying. a divorce, but she doesn't really want a divorce. <laughs> yeah. She just wants him to change and be himself right. again. And, and she is annoying at points, but she's supposed to be. Yeah. Annalie Tipton is like a perfect girl next door. Like a girl that's not sure if she's cute. She kind of is sexy, but she's got a really long neck, so no one's really sure. <laughs> I say, or she could fill she in was... on the land before time. <laughs> yeah. She was in Top Model. Do you know that? Was she really? Yeah. She is she super was, tall. Um, that makes sense. She's very, very tall. She was a one of the contestants. This was like one of her first roles. So yeah. She was what has she been in since? Two Night Stand. And she's been in a couple other things, but she hasn't really necessarily made it. Okay. Of course, on top of it all, you get Ryan Gosling as like the quintessential dream <laughs> boat. Like it really <laughs> I just took a bite Fuck. out of the mic. <laughs> I don't think you had Gosling as one of your hunks, so He's a dreamboat. He's a dreamboat, you're right. Yeah. He's a dreamboat, yeah. yeah. But he looks like he was photoshopped. <laughs> so annoying. So to me, this is like uh this movie is almost an extension of the office because no. of, of how close it came to Michael's last episode of the office, or, or I guess second to last episode of the office. And, like, the fact that he moves away to go live with Holly and have a couple kids. What does he have in this movie, you know? There's weird parallels there. So that's just how my mind works for it. Gosling is the perfect ambiguously aged dude. You don't know if he's 25, 35, 30. You have no fucking idea, but it doesn't matter. He's perfect at, like, picking women. It's just, it's very believable. Well, some of it is very How I Met Your Mother-esque, which is not believable. When you're that good looking, you can pretty much say whatever you is want. Is that true? No. Ah. <laughs> uh, and I also think in this movie, it doesn't suffer from the Apatow effect where there's a lull in the middle or the end. The pacing is so strong. And the only... Mm, the, the, end, only the, the end. But it's not a lull. It's the end. The end they had to tie it together. Sucks. Every rom-com has that. Whoever is so responsible for the final scene of this movie should be killed. The issue here is you just don't like rom-coms <laughs> because that is in every rom-com. That type of scene is in every single rom-com. That's just part of it. It's the part final of the deal. scene... And most of the stuff that has to do with love, because they say the word love, I think more than any other movie. Well, no, they say... Sounds like it's written by a 15-year-old. <laughs> they say uh, soulmate and asshole more than any other movie. They say asshole way too much. <laughs> they also talk about the Scarlet Letter in this. Yep. Emma Stone also in another movie about the Scarlet Letter. Yep, Ooh. that came out like right before this. Yeah. And the parallels between Julianne Moore and Hester Prynne are pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> like that? Little no. character? Little Hester Prynne? I read the book, kind of. Okay. I read the Spark Notes. Um, so, dude, why do we love rom-coms? Why do the people love rom-coms? Don't put me in the same category with why? you. That's what I'm saying. What's your analysis? No, tell me. You tell oh, me. Oh, I tell you. Okay. Yeah, tell me. All right. This I, is your episode. I think everyone longs for that movie romance. They want their perfect little romance tied up in a knot. Yeah, there's usually a fight involved the along the way. The end of this movie doesn't have anything tied up in a knot. They uh, get back together. It wraps up pretty they good. They don't get back together. It wraps up pretty yeah, they good. do. Oh, they sure do. No, it's a mystery. Do they get back together? <laughs> no, it's not a mystery. It's not a cliffhanger ending. It is. <laughs> we'll get the sequel in 10 Anyways, years. Everyone also loves an underdog story, a.k.a. Cal. Everyone loves themselves a nice dreamboat, the goss. And then you want to <laughs> see, ultimately, I mean, most people, a lot of people like to watch the world burn. I'm part of that crew every once in a while. But in general, you want to see the love prevail. And so this movie gives you the prevailing love of Cal and Emily, as well as the emerging love of Jacob and Hannah. Nana. And on top of that all, you get the young love aspect between Robbie longing for Jessica and Jessica longing for Cal. But really, the core of this movie is the bromance between Jacob and Cal. So it's such a multi-layered rom-com. It doesn't rely on one thing. It's five things there. And then on top of it, you get hijinks along the way. 
during the journey. You get Jacob teaching Cal. You get Cal and Marissa Tomei's Miss Taffrey, which every scene Marissa Tomei is, is fucking hysterical. The parent-teacher conference, you know, when he brings her home. And then you get the dirty dancing stuff, which might be the best scene of the movie. Actually, while we were watching the movie, I asked her if she wanted to do that. I was going to ask you, have you guys tried that? But then she said that I can't pick you up. Ooh, so. challenge accepted, Goo. <laughs> I accepted it for you. And then he's like, no, I meant you pick me up. Right. I just said that joke. Uh, that was a joke I literally <laughs> there is a, just said. There is a deleted scene. That was um, that was going to be tacked on to the end <laughs> with yeah. Carell and Julianne Moore trying the pickup. That would be funny. It's not bad. Okay, let it would have been out of place. Let me quickly spiel, and then let I me, will. Let me finish. Oh also, also the backyard <laughs> scene when everything finally comes together. Let in him the finish. Plot. He has two more pages. <laughs> <laughs> the backyard scene where everything comes together is one of the most memorable scenes in rom com history. It sucks. You suck. You suck. You suck. <laughs> That reveal, that twist. No, I'm not talking about the twist. I don't give a fuck about the twist. I'm talking about everything that comes together there. The Hannah Nana thing, I don't care. It's when all those plot points come together there. That's awesome. It is overshadowed by that dumb twist. The twist no. can go fuck itself. It's hardly a twist. It's a complete twist. When you first saw this, you had no but idea it, yes, that correct. this young Emma Stone is Nana. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a fucking dog. I thought it was a grandma. <laughs> And turns out it was Emma Stone. Like, oh, what it was it that? When I was a kid, I couldn't say Hannah, Hannah Banana. So did you Hannah. did you notice uh, <laughs> Josh, Josh Groban, Groban yes. gets her the cake? It's a banana cake. I did notice Hannah it. Banana. Yeah. You know that? Are you um, done yet? No, last oh, point. <laughs> last point. Um, so once again, like usually rom coms have that predictable lull in there somewhere, or a convenient plot device used to get the main characters back together. This doesn't like that twist. Everything in this movie makes sense. It's very believable. And so none of those like mitigating factors exist. And so when the backyard scene happens, there's only like 15, 20 minutes left in the movie. And to that point, the pacing is perfect. There's like another hour. No, there's only like 15 or 20 minutes Oh, I'm left. sorry. It feels like an hour. No, okay. You're an idiot. Because um, <laughs> after that is just the bar conversation between Jacob and Cal and then the eighth grade graduation. That's it. So, the eighth grade graduation is an hour. You're an hour. <laughs> Are you done yet? Yeah, go ahead. Batty, how do you feel about this movie? Well, I liked it, but now... With Mac explaining all that, I don't know anymore. <laughs> Mac, good sell job. job. <laughs> all right, let me quickly spiel here. Look, I like a lot of the movie. I like Carell. I okay. like Gosling. Yep. I like more. Yep. They're likable enough. Yep. Stone's story is mess. Stone is not great in this. I think she uh, plays out a scenario that has happened to a lot of people in life. So it's pretty relatable, I think. What, like she talks like no other no, person she's in, in the a, world? she's in a relationship that she's hoping will be kind of saved by an engagement. Yeah, and I then would things go awry. It's like that uh, <laughs> that heist movie, Sugar and Spice, yeah. where that girl likes Conan O'Brien. Which also, speaking of that, her friend, the uh, cartoon character. I think her name was uh, Julia or something like that. Classic horny Asian friend. <laughs> movies <laughs> love classic. doing that. She was just the classic side friend, you know? No, but movies always do it with Asian characters, though. Really? Yeah. What other movies that was the, Why are you looking was, at me? That was the only... <laughs> that was the only role for Asian actresses and actors before Crazy Rich Asians. I literally couldn't think of another role like this one. So, boom. Roasted. <laughs> Deal with that. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> My issue mm -hmm. is the fucking son. The son is terrible. Dude, how many kids were like that growing up? A million. None. No A one million. Ever, A unless, million kids were like that. Unless Do you remember the day you stepped into the high school and you saw real women? Unless they have something women? socially <laughs> wrong with them, 
They're not completely focused in telling everyone about love. He's a salutatorian. He's and maybe he's, socially awkward. He's like, maybe oh. he's on the on the spectrum. And the amount of times that he tells her that he loves her. Okay. First off, he's going to jail someday. There's almost no way around well, that. Well, I'm not going to deny that. Kid can't take no for an he answer. He looks like a, a jail type of guy, sure. Also, his hair looks like Darth Vader's helmet. <laughs> okay. Well, remember, okay. it was 2011. <laughs> Way back then, when haircuts weren't really going on. Yeah, it's like Justin Bieber's hair. That looks like that looks like he just grew his hair out for like two years and then just took scissors and went right across the brow. Yeah, he's a 13 year old kid. Isn't that what your barber does? What do you want hair? Yes, he does. No, mine puts a bowl on and just cuts around. He's a 13 year old kid. What do you want out of him? He's obsessed with an 18 year old girl. 17 year old girl. Well, then say that he wants to bang her then. Like, don't love, I love you, I love you, I love you, text her, I right, love you, I right, love you. But he's you, young, he doesn't every, know the yeah, difference. Not every 13-year-old guy's fucking throwing it in. They all want to. Yeah. They have no idea that's how. that's what they say. That's they, why she catches him jerking they off. They speak like children. <laughs> but he's smart also. So what? So he's a little smarter than the average 13-year-old. The average bear. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, boo, boo. <laughs> Either way, so Mac... If you could find a way, if you or any of the goobers okay. or any of the producers that are listening right now, yep. if they could send me a copy of this movie, a yep. supercut right. with that character removed from the movie. <laughs> Who do you want to play that kid? No, I'm saying Name just, me an actor. I'm saying get rid of the character. It's, what? It's not the kid. It's the character. If you can get rid of the so character. you just hate young love. Classic goo. Stop saying love. If you can get rid of the character... Dude, do you believe in soulmates? Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. Shut up. Don't talk to my future husband when you're dead like that. When you kill me someday. <laughs> if you gave me a supercut of this movie with the kid removed, I would give it 32 hot dogs. If the kid is in it, 23 hot dogs. Oh my God, Goo. You are an idiot. So you you're giving this a failing grade. Yeah, this fails. What rom-coms do you like? Let's give the people a fucking idea of what you like. You didn't ask me to prep this ahead of time. I don't know. <laughs> you just don't like rom-coms, which is fine. If you want to hate all rom-coms, so be it. That's your thing. But you I, own it. I also like movies where people actually talk like people. Goo. The people in this movie do not speak like actual people. How? Yeah, they what, do. What are you no, talking they about? Emma Stone, everything that she says is like a one-liner. She's a lawyer, bro. That's a good point. She's a lawyer. You just lawyered me with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the movie does a really good job at hitting on certain notes and themes early and then, you know, calling back, tying them back in as the plot goes along. And so it hits on those all those notes you need from a rom-com. You get Carell essentially playing Michael Scott. You get Dreamboat Gauze. And you get the kind of before she blew up Emma Stone. So, you know... Because I'm kind of sick of Emma Stone now, if we're being quite honest. But I hate I, the faces that she makes. Yeah, she's very, she's very, uh, she's very twitchy, two-faced, twitchy in the face. This thing? Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, like she just smelled a fart type of yeah. thing. <laughs> um, Thank you for describing that. So I understand if you're not a rom-com guy, I get it. Maybe you don't like this movie, like you. But they're cheesy, they're sappy, and they are usually pretty derivative of other, you know, rom-coms because it's really hard to make a unique rom-com. But I think this iteration of a rom-com is pretty unique. Unique enough. It does enough things to distinguish itself. And as far as rom-coms go, it's a 40-dog rom-com. What? It's a 40-dog rom-com. You are putting a little much. something on there. You were saying, for a rom-com, it's yeah. a 40-dog rom-com. Sure, yeah. For a movie, what is it? For a movie, it's probably like a 32, 34-dog movie. Okay, I said the exact same thing if you remove the kid. So we're not that far off. Yeah, but the difference is I like rom-coms, you don't. So you minus nine, I added nine. 
Okay, but so we're on the same page, though. No, the difference is I like the kid. Yeah. How do you like the kid? Because he's playing a 13-year-old kid who sprouts boners. What no more do you want? kid has ever spoken like that. All right. Well, do you, you want to get into some of the nuances of the movie here, Goo? Because I got about 37 yeah. pages of notes. Go ahead. Go um, nuts. <laughs> so the movie opens in that swanky bar. You know, yep. you get the scene with Emily and Cal, but the first shot of them is the shoes, and they show Cal's New Balance shoes. 407s. The 407s, which are AKA the Mort ones. <laughs> Mort has owned like 75 <laughs> pairs of those sneakers, but he eventually moved on to the Mort twos, which are the Nike versions of those sneakers, like the Air Monarchs, white, gray, and blue ones, the same fucking shoe. <laughs> Mort has since kind of, he's on like the Mort fours now, he's incorporated more gray and blacks <laughs> into his shoes. But he pretty much has owned those sneakers his whole life. <laughs> so that is fucking hysterical. Because Mort is kind of Cal, right? Yeah. We could say that. Yeah, sure. You get introduced to the babysitter very quickly. You get introduced, you know, right in that opening scene, Emily wants to get a divorce. You get the David Lenhagen thing very quickly. So they get all of the, the information you need out of the way in the first 10 minutes. Carl jumps out of a car. <laughs> Which is fucking hysterical. Yeah, it's hilarious. After the open, you get Cal at work. His co-workers being awkward. You get David Linhagen's name saying like 35 times. Linhagen, Linhagen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when Cal was at work and his boss was like, it's not cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, thank God. Amy heard you crying in the bathroom. We thought it was cancer. Uh, yep, just my relationship. Oh, well, it could have been cancer. <laughs> uh, and then she says to him, I think a sneaky, really funny line. When he's moving out with the pickup truck, he says, uh, or the box truck. She goes, uh, last week when I told you I had to work late, I really went and saw the new Twilight movie by myself. <laughs> it was so bad. But that's also like in 40-Year-Old Virgin. And he's like, yeah, I saw Spider-Man 3 by myself. <laughs> what? Similar. I like Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you cut back to the bar where uh, Drew Carey's brother breaks up with him, basically. And he just keeps talking about, David Linhagen cuckolded me. I got cuckolded. <laughs> so he says cuckolded. He says cuckolded like eight times. Cuckolded. Very funny. Cuckolded. <laughs> which, uh, not the definition of cuckold. And then the morning he's going to meet up with Goss at the mall, he, as he's walking out, he goes, uh, Your mom wants you to stay here while she's out hooking. <laughs> you get uh, <laughs> at the mall. Goss, Hilarious. Goss is like, what, what are you doing? What are these? These are my 407s. <laughs> You don't think that's funny every single time? No, that was funny. And then he's got the Velcro wallet I, once again, that he I keeps opening. This, if yep. you take the kid out, a 32-dog score. I like the movie. You see what happened, Cal? You open your mouth and Tiffany doubted if she wanted to sleep with you. That's probably <laughs> the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> that part was funny. And then you get to the, the montage scene of Gosh just leaving with all the chicks. Mm-hmm. Want to get out of here? Let's get out of here. Which... A better montages than Wedding Crashers. Oh, of course. But this is like uh, Wedding Crashers. When they're banging all the chicks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You get Robbie in class with the scarlet letter. A stands for asshole. Asshole. That's a pretty good scene. Asshole. (laughs) Asshole. And then Robbie Robbie meets Uh, David. Asshole. 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 It's an asshole. It's an asshole. It's an asshole. This is good audio. Good audio. Asshole. Uh, Robbie meets David Linhagen at his mom's work. Pones him. Once again, children don't speak like that. Uh, Robbie does, because he's a salutatorian. (laughs) Stop saying salutatorian. (laughs) You get naked goss in the locker room slash sauna. That was a good scene. Cal passing out on naked cock. (laughs) That was Brian's favorite scene. It was. I rewound it several times. And then you get uh, the bar scene between Carell and uh, Marissa Tomei right before he's like, you Miyagi'd me. 
Uh, the conversation goes so poorly with Tomei, and then he's just brutally honest with her, and she starts loving that. I think that's really funny. You get Tomei Sachs. How about that? Yep. <laughs> a big fan of Tomei. And then we've like we've really arrived here. So now you get Cal as like the new Not boss. to interrupt you here, but we saw the movie What Men Want last night. Oh, God. Why did you do that? It was fine. It was good. Is it better than What Women Want? No. But that's because Mel Gibson is just a national treasure. Helen Hunt. Am I right? <laughs> You're right, bro. <laughs> You're right. But uh, who's the woman who plays Cookie? What's her name? Taraji. Oh, Taraji. Taraji. Behan- I love so, her. That's of why Lion I love fame. So there is a sex scene in this movie mm-hmm. where it was hilarious. Like, it's one of the funnier sex scenes of all time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. Don't tell right. you. Yeah. And that's your review of what men want. Not enough Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Like, you think that he's a star of the movie. He's in, what, like a fourth of it? Yeah. I yeah. think that's what 30 Rock kind of suffers from, though. Too much Tracy Morgan. You reach a breaking point. I think that there's ebbs and flows to it, mm-hmm. where in the later seasons, you want more of him. In the middle seasons, there's too much. Okay. Because I think he's not in every episode, like, later. That's why. Right. Eh, whatever. Go yeah. ahead. Well, I'm glad he's alive. I think... He's got that every, Walmart money. In every yeah. interview now, he goes, I got that Walmart money! <laughs> he pats his tummy. Uh, funniest scene... <laughs> Funniest scene of this movie might be uh, when they show up to the parent-teacher conference and Tomea opens the door and she goes, no way in hell. And she's like, oh, do you know, do you two know each other? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, ass, as in someone who tells a woman he'll call but never does. Asshole. Oh, asshole. Come on, man. (laughs) Asshole. And then, so they're both, they're both, they're both just staring at Carell and he goes, okay, okay, here's the deal. She's an alcoholic. <laughs> and then he tells her uh, he slept with nine women. Nine? There's no need for her to tell her that. <laughs> Hannah passes the bar. She goes, she meets up with a goss in the bar, which leads to the dirty dancing scene. And then you enter. Uh, you look like you've been photoshopped. You're just jealous, goo. I sense I the am. jealousy. I am. Uh, and then you get the... But speaking of that, by the way, mm-hmm. every scene that you see him eating in this movie, uh-huh. he's always eating carbs. He's always eating something fried. He's always eating a cheeseburger. Or he's always drinking something. Mm, me thinks they lying. So he really is Photoshopped then. <laughs> yeah, he's, he is really Photoshopped. It's like 300. 300 or Affleck in Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely is. Um, I you think don't know that. Affleck absolutely is. I don't know, maybe. Look at him right after the movie. The quick joke about the massage chair is fucking hysterical. How many times were you at the mall when you were like 15 you paid like three bucks to sit in those massage chairs and it's the worst massage you've ever gotten? I've never done that. And when Mac says that, it makes me think to the times when I've seen Mac at the gym. He's always <laughs> sitting in the massage Oh, the water jet thing. Massage. I love that thing. I love that I know you thing. do. I'm always like, oh, Mac's so here. Good. He's sitting in the fucking That's massage how I finished. Chairs. I finished in the massage chair. For 10 minutes, 12 minutes, whatever allows you. Which I share. I've never sat on there because I feel Because no like one does besides him. Do you have to wipe it after? I do. Okay. I wipe oh, it before and after. You have to pay? <laughs> no, I think it's part of the membership. It's oh, okay. part of like the second step membership. I've never membership. tried it. I wouldn't. Uh, it's yeah. a yeah, guys fun. like him. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. You get the re- <laughs> Hey, guys, I'm going to the gym. I'll be right back. I finished the workout there. You wind down on the massage chair. <laughs> You get the really sweet scene of Emily calling Cal for help with the water heater while he's like doing landscaping work in the yard, which I think is really nice. And then finally, you get to uh, all the stories like kind of crashing together a la Crash. Huh? 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 I like that. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica's mom finds the nudies and she just goes, for JJ. 
Drew, First yeah, of all, but, yeah. I don't understand why she would show that to the dad very weird. too. That, that why would very you give it to the dad? The dad's like, and Ooh. then not only does she show him to the dad, he starts Going swiping through, through, through all the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> but then the daughter is also able to get those photos back. Well, I think he, I think he throws them on the ground. And her first thought is, "Let me pick these up because there's a callback to that goo." Yeah, there is. Yeah, that's why I'm uh, bringing it up right now. So Drew Carey's brother immediately takes off after Cal. Emily arrives at home, gets blindfolded by Robbie. And then, shortly after, Nana arrives with Jacob. Oh, honey, he's really cute. <laughs> he is. <laughs> but you get an unbelievable uh, Carell reaction to Jacob. It's like a Toby reaction. He's like, no, 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 no. Uh, then you get <laughs> Drew Carey's brother tackles Cal. Jessica admits her love for Cal. David Lindhagen shows up with Emily's sweater. Is this a bad time? Jacob punches Lindhagen. Cal goes after Jacob. Bernie goes after Cal. Lindhagen jumps on top of the pile. And then that's pretty much the end of the best part of the movie. You think that is the best part of the movie? I think it's one of the three best parts of the movie. Is it the best part or not? It's in the top three. It's in my Goose Juicy three-pack. The best part of the movie is either at the mall or pretty much anything with Gosling and Cal. Gun to my head, I'm going to say it's the parent-teacher conference. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, you get the eighth grade graduation. Robbie's a salutatorian. Stop saying that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Goo, have you ever had to give a speech... Like that, like in front of a room of folks. Yeah, I've given eulogies. Huh. All right, how about it? Oddly, a very good public speaker. I kind of am too. Yeah. I was always afraid of it forever, and then I did it once, and I was like, that wasn't that bad at all. For some reason, it like gives me hyper-focus. I think I can't really write jokes like zingers, but I'm good at working comedic elements into a speech. Yeah, like misreading stuff. Like uh, No, like best man speeches, <laughs> okay. for example. And then you get Cal interrupting Robbie during the speech. You get the call back to Robbie's soulmate's comment. Triumph. Here we are, you know. The insult comic Cal dog. slaps Jacob back. Take care of her. You know, Jessica gives Robbie the photos. Now, could you imagine as a 13-year-old dude getting nude photos of the girl you're in love with? And she's like 18. That would have blew my fucking lusting mind. Lusting after. Not Pants. Tent. City. Pants. Tent. City. <laughs> <laughs> At our next live show, can we start chanting Pants Tent City? Oh, that's, there it is. That's the only chant I got. Peter Gammons would not be too fond of it. Dude, this is a great rom-com. Yeah. You just don't like rom-coms. Like, how many rom-coms do you like more than this? I don't know, 20. I don't <laughs> fucking know. I'm totally fine with you hating rom-coms. You do your thing. But I don't if you, hate rom-coms. I hate rom -coms. the kid in this movie. If you want to rank rom-coms, this is up there. It has to be. Probably is. I gave it 32 if you give me a super cut. I give it 40. Can someone out there give me a super cut of the movie where the kid is removed? If you want like a real dog rating from me, I'm going to marry the two because I love rom-coms like I love superhero movies. So I kind of bump them up a couple dogs each. Then how don't you like Deadpool more? I like Deadpool a lot. I it's it's it not a rom-com. Yes, it is. You know what's a decent movie? Magic Mike. Want to end the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> On that little tidbit yeah. for the folks. As a whole, rom-coms are a super cheesy genre. You know what's so, a like, cute rom-com? So you have to accept that. All the Boys I've Loved. Oh, is that the Netflix something. one? I actually yeah. do like that do one. I like that one a lot. I like yeah. that one more. Then the Crazy this. Rich Asian. No, like the Crazy Stupid Love. Why mm. do we have to keep on going? And this. Mm. Nope. <laughs> I do. Noonan. No, you should watch it. It's good. Have you seen I it I will yet? watch it. No, I haven't watched it's it. It's good. They're making a sequel soon. They're making a sequel yeah. to a Netflix movie. Yeah. Wow. It's a book set. Oh, so it's so based they off have books. To. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's easy to do. Do you have any more stupid thoughts on this stupid no, movie? No, I just, I'll give you my Goose Juicy Six Pack of rom-coms this week, and this is going to be in it. Just simple Can as that. Can you give me a Goose Juicy Six Pack within this episode of your six favorite things from this movie? Six favorite things from the movie. 
Anything that has to do with the New Balances. That's one. Okay. Marissa Tomei in the parent-teacher conference scene. That's two. The backyard scene. That's three. Uh... Come on, Mr. Romo. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, when Cal takes the shot right before he predicts that they're spitting it, he's like, oh, yep, yep, she's spitting it. That's four. Uh, His boss or co-worker confronts him about what's going on. He's like, could have been cancer. That's five. (laughs) And... I'm going to say Julianne Moore's line about uh, going to Twilight. There's six. Okay, there's six. So Mac had six, even though he really had to strain to find six. (laughs) Well, there's like a thousand of them. Batty, what's your hot dog score for this movie? And then we'll stop talking about it forever. 31. 31. So we're really all not that far apart. I'm going to say... Even uh, though I failed it. Official dog score, I'm going to say 36. And it's got insane rewatchability. And the satisfactor is very high because it's... Michael Scott, basically. That's basically what is the satisfactor on this? The satisfactor is full pants tent. I was going to ask you what the pants tent city is, but I guess you've already <laughs> responded to Tie that. Tie them in together. The fun fact is pretty good, too. You get the fun factor fun high? The fun fact is pretty good. It's not the highest from any rom-com. There's funnier rom-coms out there for sure. Uh, but this one is the best at tying all the elements together. How about the barometer? The barometer is only present during the eighth grade Robbie speech. And have you Halloweened? In your interest on this movie. No. I've seen this movie many times. Many times. Then that is crazy stupid love done by Mac and Goo. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. Bye. No, we're not done. What are you doing? Oh. Do you not know how episodes work here? Jeez, Patty. <laughs> All right. If you have made it to this point in the podcast, please send us a gif from your favorite rom-com. Ooh, I like that. Hoping like that for a one. lot of Deadpool. I like that one. Just to piss Mac off. I'll tell you. Get him, Fergie. I'll give you another little tease to what's going to be in my six-pack. Definitely, maybe. Are you saying definitely, maybe, definitely, maybe might be in there? You're onto something there. Boom. <laughs> Mac, where can you find us? You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram as at Mac and Goo Podcast. On every other platform, we are Mac Ampersand Goo. That's Mac Shift 7 Goo, including Facebook, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, Spreaker, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Uh, the most important. I've been given instructions. Don't oh, mention that channel. It's what okay. channel? Just beep that out. Yeah. Fix that in post. I will. The most important platform is the iTunes. Get on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Rate us. Review us. Five stars. If you do that, we're going to get your fantastic free Mac and Goo t-shirt from the folks over at Watertown Sports, where Watertown Sportswear does expert screen printing and embroidery. You can find them on 34 Mile Arbor Street in Watertown. The phone number is 617-924-1840. The website is watertownsportswear.com. Watertown Sportswear. Mac has a six pack to end this week. Next week we have a movie draft. Hopefully it comes out next week. Schedules might determine other things. And then for my 30th birthday, we be talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Speaking of that, you're turning 30. Have you ever found grays on your head or your face? Yeah. All the time. I just found my first facial gray like this week. Yeah. I'm not panicking because I'm already losing my hair, so that takes precedence. Uh, but <laughs> it's like, wow, I'm turning 30 this year. I got a gray I hair. I think the first time I find a gray or white pube, that's when I'm going to be Ooh, really upset. That's the next step. Because I think Bat will find it before you do. <laughs> Mac, come Mac, on, buddy. This is a G-rated pod. No, so you know how I have my hair cut and shit, right? Sure, right. Yeah. So I get a lot on the sides. Okay, and right. that's kind, kind of, of like a poly um, walnuts. No, the uh, poly walnuts also applies. Mister uh, Mister Magoo, Mister Fantastic, Mister Magoo. He's blind. All right, sure. I get really upset because I mean, like, I can't 
whatever. They're all over the place. Yeah, over but here. If, when you keep that short, like you do, exactly. you can't tell. But can't when they're tell. on the top, I'm like, oh shit. And then you pull it out and then three grow in its place. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like a dragon. I've kept my hair so short my whole life that I've never really noticed grays on my the top of my head. I'm sure they're there, but I just don't even care. Grays or whites? Whites. Uh, right. There is a difference, I guess, because some people have like super white hair and some yeah. people just have like that salt and pepper look to it. And I mean, I've found like one or two whites in my mustache at times, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. just pop those bitches out. Yeah. You get tweeze them? Is that what you do? No, just use your fingers. I don't know if I have the motor skills to do that. I do. But my mustache is usually like long enough to do it. Ah, uh, that's cute. What yeah. are you laughing at over there? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> this is good. This is good facial hair talking. Yeah. Well, Tuesdays are goose days. I abuse kangaroos. kangaroos. Bye. Bye. Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure.